kings and queens. Stop rushing. Stand up again. Stand up. We are rewriting our story. Amen. Amen. Some people, you don't... You, when was the last time you felt you were drinking water? Only when you're thirsty. Sit, relax and drink it. Ah, mommy. It's not when you're taking sugar. Amen. All this stuff, it's wine. Water too is good. As a matter of it's life. Amen. Sit and relax and drink. Ah, I can feel it. You have your bath. Feel the water run on your body. It's therapeutic. Don't rush. Stop rushing. So now that we want to sit, sit like, have you ever seen a king ascending his throne, going to sit and then, and then he sits. He will go, do you understand? He will, in fact, his walking will be slower than when, you know, wedding, the newlywed couple, they just, they say, best be. his own will be more than that. Oh, hi, how are you? Okay. You just ascend and then when he gets to the throne, he will turn around because the regal, everything is big, Right? He will not shake his head anyhow because the crown can fall off. So he would be there and then he will sit before anyone was. Now that nobody is waiting for you to sit, you are not waiting for anybody to sit. Please have your seat as kings and queens. We are royalty saved by grace. Please let us behave that, that line. Let's behave in that line. Please have your seat in God's presence. Intentional, hallelujah, amen. Don't rush, don't rush. Well, we let's come Yeah, we don't pick late comma. We don't, mm-hmm. amen. So, this morning, um, thank you so much, Pastor Tolu, about our peace. Thank you for that teaching. It's 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 said a lot because sometimes we think that our peace is just to a certain thing or just a certain area of our lives that every other thing you just have to worry about it it doesn't have to be that way really how many of us do have peace I have peace in my heart I have peace I have peace in the name of Jesus when there is a storm what you should do is not to start worrying about the storm or start worrying about where the storm will come from or where the storm came from. Any, any, is that person that would be? Any yellow one, dear? What was your own problem? Declare peace to the what? To the storm. Jesus didn't bother to say, where does this storm, where is it coming from? What's happening? So that then you know the type of solution to prefer. That means you're taking laws into your hands. You're taking the solution into your own hands. And at the end of the day, you will not be able to resolve it. Amen. But rather, it says, he stood up and he what? He spoke to this storm. He spoke to it and, and his disciples wonder, what, kind, what manner of man is this? That even the wind will do what? Will obey him. And I will not forget where Jesus Christ said, even greater works than this shall you do. So if you are experiencing storm in your life, there is a problem. Check. Have you spoken to it at all? And do you actually spoke to that storm in faith? Because there's another thing. There's a, another thing when I say, oh, I want to keep this. Please, um, dummy. Please, I want to give you my phone. Can you keep it well? Do you know where you can keep it? Are you sure? All right. So I gave Dami my phone to keep my phone for me. Then after some time, she's holding it. And I say, Dami, the phone, is this still with you? Okay. All right. I just thought I'd check. Check. Right up. Then again, Dami, the phone. That's what some of us do to God. And God will say, ah, well, if I keep this up, what will you do at the end of the day? 
you just give it back to me. It's like you know what to do to this phone. It's like you know how to take care of the phone. Sometimes that is the situation. That's why I just said that if I keep as you say, I'll just, I'll just give you the phone. Since you can't trust me enough to take care of this phone, then I will just give it to you because you're disturbing me. You must be able to trust God enough not to worry. So that is going to talk about our faith, really. Do we believe? I can keep doing that if I actually give my phone to maybe my two-year-old daughter. Do you understand? I say, two-year-old, take and keep. Then I say, ah, I'll start checking. Do you understand? Two, four, seven. And someone will even ask me, are you sure you're, you're right? Since you are giving a two-year-old to keep a phone for you. Are you okay? So because if you are doing that, then God is not God enough in your life. That means you're not seeing him as God that he is. That as the one who created you to know what is good enough for you. To know how to bring things to come to, pay, uh, to pass in your life. The things he has said, his promises oh, to come to pass in your life. That means you don't understand the God that you have given your life to. That means you don't understand the Lord that you have submitted your life to. Are you with me? That means the way you see him is more like a two-year-old because you can't see him. So you find it difficult to believe him. Especially with the saying, seeing is believing. But the way of the kingdom is believing is seeing. You must first believe before you see. So if, and most of the time you, you know, you worry because you have not seen. So if you keep worrying, it's because you are looking for the evidence, the evidence. But it is that your faith, that is the evidence. Believing that whatever it is that I commit into his hands, he is able to do what? To keep. And not just the things you commit into his hands, but even your life. You must be able to trust your life with him. So how do you see God before we still want to rewrite our story? Hallelujah. How do you really see your Father in heaven? I want someone to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, then Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 to 14. When we don't have faith enough, we worry. We worry. It is, it is a thing of exchange. It's a kingdom of exchange. So if you are in any of it, please you can read because I'm not reading here. Colossians, 1 Corinthians 6.20. Someone there? You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with, with your bodies. You were bought. It's a kingdom of exchange. I just thought we should go back to the beginning. You know, we kept talking about what we do in the kingdom. It's a kingdom of forgiveness, right? It's a kingdom of giving. It's a kingdom of love. We've, we've been, we shared this for like three or four Sundays now. But really, the fundamental, the foundation is that you have been translated. You have been bought with the precious blood of Christ. Not with money. Not with stones. Not with gems, right? Not with pearls. But with what? With the blood of the Lamb. 
And he knew that we were going to mess up. He knew Adam and Eve was going to mess up. He had all these things in his agenda in the first place. And so it was said that this lamb has been slain before the foundation of the earth. So he's a God that had prepared beforehand. So in case you are thinking something happened to you and it caught God unaware, no. He's aware. He knows the end from the what? He knows the end from the what? The beginning. Hallelujah. So let's go. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. Is that the first Corinthians? Then Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, 12, 14, 12 to 14. Open your Bibles. We are doing it together today. Because we are used. Giving thanks unto the Father. You can use the microphone if it's working. Giving thanks unto the Father. Yeah. Which has made us meet to the to be, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Who had delivered us from the power of darkness and had transferred us, us into the kingdom of his dear son. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. We have redemption with his blood, even what? The forgiveness of sins. So we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into what? Into light by the precious blood. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. What does that say? I want to really move quickly, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Let's go. A second Corinthians. If any man is in Christ, right? He is a new creature. Now, remember the last verse that we mentioned, right? From the kingdom of darkness into kingdom of light. We have been bought with his blood, right? We are precious and all of that. So, then it says, if any man now, because now that we have been bought, we are now in Christ. Then it says, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. And then behold, all things have become new. So, when they say all things have become new, do you think the things that seem to have happened in the past should still happen? Should, should still be there like a carbon copy, like a foot, footprint of how to walk life. Hello? Can we define new? What does new mean? What, what, what does it mean? Rather? Something fresh. Never existed before. So the moment you gave your life to Christ, it's more like everything that you have ever done in the past was what? Was erased. And then a clean slate was brought and then newness looks like more like a baby that has been born. Then you start giving milk. So because you have been born into the kingdom, then that is why the essence of the word is very important. Desiring the sincere milk of the word that you will want, you will grow thereby. So it's a newness. It's like you, you never existed before in Christ. You don't even have the knowledge, even though maybe while you were in the world, you heard people they call themselves Christians, they heard this, 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 you've even been to church, you've been no, it doesn't matter anymore. But the moment that you said, Now I just want to be new, I just want to know Christ, I just want to rewrite my story, I just don't want to be a fan, but rather I want to be a good player in the kingdom. And so at that moment, things begins to change, and then it's it comes with the attitude of being a child, of being wanting to learn. No wonder Jesus Christ said, Learn of what of me he said come on to me holy that are heavily laden and i will do what i will give you rest then there is a taking up of a yoke the yoke of learning
learning the ways of the kingdom, the yoke of knowing how to do the things that should be done, not the yoke of doing the things that you have done before or trying to modernize what you have done in the past. It is not like that. It is something new. Imagine if you had to buy a new cloth. How will you know it's a new cloth? Because there is a tag on it. It has never been worn before. It will not be dirty, right? It will be totally new that even you will know this is right straight fresh from the what? Factory. For example, a bread. You will know a fresh bread and you will know a stale one, right? So there is a newness that is expected and what comes with the newness is the ability and the thirst and the hunger to want to know the new things that, that comes with the new kingdom that you are in. Are you with me? And then forgetting the things that is behind. Listen to this. One of the things that has caused hindrance for us moving, for us growing with the kingdom is because we always remember the pastor. And when we remember the pastor, we worry about the pastor. And I want to tell you, show me a man that remembers the pastor. I will show you a man that worries about the future. Show me a man that worries about the pastor. I will show you a man that worries about the future. Are you with me? And so you, it becomes very difficult to really trust God with your life. Because you're still remembering those things. And he said, your sins, I will do what? I will remember no more. If you know how precious the blood of Christ is, it erases everything. Everything. And it's more like I just want to start on a new slate. And because you want to start on a new slate, you can't afford to take your devotion with levity. You can't afford to say, oh, the way I used to wake up in the past without reading the word and then I will go on with that. No, something must be added to the newness of this new kingdom. And that has to do with your word, with your time with the word, your time with God. I've seen people preaching the fact that, oh, when you, when you, when you are driving, you can be listening to the word. Yes, when you are but I tell you that the sincere growth comes in a place where you set aside time for God when you set aside time for your fellowship with him and that is how you can only hear the voice of God you can't hear the voice of God by proxy you can't hear it by somebody is telling you this amen there must be a sincere hunger for a new slate so not getting worried up about your life is not gymics. It's not just about confessing, oh, I declare I will not be worried. I will not worry. I mean, what's, what, what, how do you declare worry, worry, worry? Every worry pass away. Mm -mm. It's intentional living not to worry about it and entrusting fully your life with God, in God, for Him. Hallelujah. He said, old things are passed away. I love the story of Mephibosheth that Pastor mentioned because it's actually one of it. But before I go to the story of Mephibosheth, Holy Spirit, so let's go to First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Just to reach it, what I just said. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. And what is expected of us? Not that we remain a baby in the kingdom because afterwards, then responsibilities will be taken. For example, maybe you join a church. First, you are a member. Then over time, you're going, going, you're a member. Over time, then you are told, oh, you can be a worker. The moment you're a worker, that means you are taking up what? Responsibility, isn't it? Then before you know it, over time, you say, oh, you can, oh, we see you're very efficient, you're talented. Can you manage this particular arm of the church for us? And then at that point, you become a leader. 
That is growth. And then you say, oh, wow, well, you're doing well. I think we want to have another branch. Can you help start another branch and pastor that? That is what? Growth. That is you're growing in responsibility. And that is what is expected of every child of God. You can't say you're a Christian and you know the ways of the kingdom and then you remain complacent, you remain lazy and you're not doing anything for the kingdom. That means you don't understand that in the kingdom, it has to do with work. Amen. Are we in that? First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. Let's go. But you are what? By the time you have been translated, you are what? A chosen generation, a chosen people. A royal priesthood. Priesthood. Who is a priest? Like a pastor, like someone who has direct relationship with the Father. So he says, that moment, you have a direct relationship with God. You have access. That is the thing about the kingdom. You have access by the blood of Christ. So you're no longer the timid person. You're no longer the one that thinks you don't have the direct relationship with the Father. That is what the kingdom does. Hello, let's go. A holy nation. Now you can't afford to say, hey, forget, I remember those. Even God did not remember your sin anymore. It's you that you are remembering. You can see there is a problem. Eh? so what am I now it's not remembering them you are the one that is remembering you must there's a level of understanding and knowledge of who you are in Christ and it must be something you eat drink all the time that is you must it must be part of you so when people even want to remind you of your past you will say, no. I am no longer that person. This is me now. Because you've gotten to that level of understanding. Let's go. God's special possession. Like I said, you can't be found anywhere, anyhow. You cannot be doing anyhow. Amen. Let's go. That now, that, is where we, that you may declare what? The praises of him. Who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light? Now, how do we declare the praises? That is what I want us to do right now. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Mark 16, verse 15 to 20. Mark 16, 15 to 20. Who is there? Good. Yes. Can you see? If you don't believe, it's done. So when you say that you are a believer, please believe. Don't call yourself a believer and then you don't believe. We have a lot of unbelieving believers. A lot. Please ensure you are not caught in that net. Be really sure of the salvation that you profess. Be really sure of the lordship of Jesus Christ that you have submitted to. Let's go. Amen. It will not hurt them.
Hallelujah. He's been elevated. After our great works, we will definitely do this. By what do you do that men can truly say that you are a child of God? To really bring praise to God. What thing? Think about it. Even when people come to you for one advice, um, maybe because I'm a Christian, let me say it this way. Maybe because you are a Christian. Let's say I'm not a Christian. This is what I will see. You have, there is a mixture of confused identity that it seems you have. Greater works. Go ye into the world and preach the gospel on your mountain, in your office. How many people can say, boldly say, that you are a Christian? That you are a child of God? Because that can only be known through your works. To the words of your mouth. I'm not sending you work, Big C. Hey. You cannot understand it. Say, I don't understand that. Amen. <laughs> it has not been given for Big C to understand. It has been given to the mind of people. Hallelujah. So I was talking about greater works than this shall we do. Yesterday was evangelism. How many of us? without an excuse, made ourselves available for evangelism. That at least, even if you don't go out personally, this one, try and tap into corporate anointing. Join. Did you? We must know our works. Because if you don't, that is what, it, it starts with that. Because if you don't, when, <laughs> when you are supposed to lay hand on the sick, how will they recover? In fact, you can't even lay hands on yourself. Because it comes with power. The kingdom of your identity, of the works that you do, comes with what? Power. This morning, you will be laying hands on yourself this morning. Like I said, it's a story that we'll rewrite. Hallelujah. I love what um, Matthew chapter 1 said a lot about the genealogy of Jesus Christ. If you had up our room yesterday, we read that and we looked at how Tamar, Ruth, Rahab, Bathsheba, David himself was found in that lineage of Jesus Christ. You know, I just said that, oh, you do greater words, go out to evangelism. The only reason why you go for that is a particular common denominator. And that is what I would call unconditional love. I looked at it, looking at the story of David. David had unconditional love to the extent that he saw his enemy, he did not kill him. He knew his enemy was about trying to kill him, moving everywhere, looking for him to kill him. But he found his enemy and he did not kill him. Rather, he just cut it and then he showed him from afar. See, oh, how many of us can do that? Because sometimes the only reason or why you are being chased to meet God is because of the Ogun that is following you. The reason why you looked for Christ is because of battles. 
was I said, oh, I cannot, I cannot win this. I've gone to Baba this. I've gone to Yadis. They, they've not been able. I've gone to seven twenty mountains. I've don't, I don't have any results. I think finally I just have to give my life. If I give my life, the problem is finished. You know, that is what will chase some people right into the kingdom. But he didn't do it that way. Not just to kill his enemy. Because after your enemies are dead, hey, thank God, I give God out. You give testimony. The person that is trying to kill me is dead. And then afterwards, because there is no more battle, you go back to your old ways. Because that was what chased you into the kingdom. But it wasn't David. He saw his enemy. He did not say, die, die, die. He did not use the cutlass. Bim. Do you understand? What did he do? He did not touch God's anointed. And God saw that. Same thing with the story of Mephibosheth. I want us to look at that quickly. The story of Mephibosheth is one of a kind. And I love it so much. For Samuel. Mephibosheth is 2 Samuel chapter 9. Verse 3 to 7. Are we there quickly? And please, I want you to increase that a little. Um, 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. We are going to read that. Who is in 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 3? See what he did again. Do you understand? He didn't care and said, I still want to show kindness to the house of Saul. Is there anyone left? I'm sure Mephibosheth would have said, this is the end. Finally, they've... It was lame, right? It was lame and then he must have thought that this is the end for him. But this is a God who will always show up and bring forth favor to his own. David still had that unconditional love to Saul even after Saul's death. Understand that until you have the mind of love, you cannot walk the kingdom and you can't even be justified. Love is such a pillar that our life must revolve around. Amen. Let's go. You can read seven, yeah. That's yes, seven, verse seven. He restored everything to him, regardless of his lameness. One of the things I noticed about Mephibosheth is that we have access one, and then it. It does not immediately take away. Sometimes it might not immediately take away our lameness or our worry. But it gives us favor and a standing with him that overcomes everything. And then it will change the way we think about ourselves. You know, I said earlier that even the things you don't that you remember, God does not even remember them. How do you see yourself in this kingdom? Because one of the things that must change is your identity and the face value and your understanding of yourself and then you begin to say them again. Earlier we prayed that we are the salt of the earth, that we are the light of the world. This is only the heritage of those who have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his marvelous light. Because you cannot be light except you are in the light. It's only someone who has light that can light the other, isn't it? You can't be in darkness and say you have light. 
So for every declaration, for every confession to come to pass in your life, there must be a sure foundation, a sure standing with the Father that brings a favor that says that, hey, you can overcome all. Even though your problems seem not to be gone immediately, but over time, it will change everything about you. And the moment things are changed about you, the moment you will have it internally that you are now born again, that you are now in the newness of Christ, that you are now the true child of God, then you will begin to walk in the understanding of unconditional love. I said, regardless of who we are, what we have done, he loves us unconditionally. And this I can see in the story of David. And same thing to Joseph. When we read first, uh, Matthew chapter 1 yesterday, I think verse uh, 18, 19 thereabouts, where Joseph said, ah, let me just secretly leave Mary when he found out with the wife. He said, and the angel, angel appeared to him and said to him, Joseph, son of David. In fact, I realized that it wasn't only Jesus that was said to be son of David. And making further research, I realized that it was unconditional love. It is unconditional love that would have made, it was unconditional love that would have made Joseph to want to take a pregnant white lady as his wife. How many of you will do that? In fact, you will say you don't want anything. It's God that must come down and tell me by himself, by himself. So it's really unconditional love that will make you forgive. It is unconditional love that will let you understand that the event of that offense was in the past and that you don't dwell on the past. That in the kingdom we don't dwell on the past. That in the kingdom we are future oriented. In the kingdom we are what? We are future oriented. So you always put the event of the past. That is gone and it is gone because Christ will not remember my sins no more and that is the only condition that has a prerequisite for what God will do. Look at the pr prayer in the uh, Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. From verse, it says, Forgive us, I think verse 13. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those trespasses against us. After Jesus Christ said, Amen. The next verse says that, For your heavenly Father will not forgive. Why is it that is that one that Jesus Christ still pointed out again? For your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins if you do not forgive others. You can't forgive without unconditional love ask yourself this morning is my love for people unconditional because the moment you are asking God that redirect my step make me anew, make me afresh I want to be this, I want to be that you are asking him for unconditional love for him not to remember your past anymore that is what you're asking him. If you're asking him for unconditional, you must be well positioned to be able to give that unconditional love to people as well. Amen. You can never give what you have not received. So because we have received unconditional love, you are well positioned to give unconditional love. Who has actually offended you in the past? That the only reason you are seeking God is so that God will show them Baba Fagbarare, Lori, I am you. Baba Fagbarare, listen to this song. Kigogbo Araye, Lemo Daju Wikbe, Jesuni Kalaba, Lori, I Amen. Is that the only reason why you are seeking God? 
show them how they will know I'm now born again. Everything, what they are expecting, the Lord turn, Lord turn the counsel of Ahithophel to not. In the name of Jesus, that's a prayer. But I want to tell you, there are some prayers that you don't pray when you are properly positioned. You will not be bothered. I'm telling you, you will not even see it. When you walk on continent, you will not see the extent of people's harm to you. It you, you will not bother you. And you will not be spending your money for therapists. Because like pastor said, we'll manage it and we'll collect money. It's good. It's, except the Christian one that will now take you further to where there is total healing. Which is what I do. Hallelujah. Amen. Finally, I want to bring us to this. And that is 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 7. 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 7. I love David. But something. When pastor was praying and he mentioned David being anointed king. Are we there? Please let's read. We are all seated. People that are listening, God sees. Someone that is remembering the jollof rice she left at all, God sees. Someone that is remembering, ah, I have to go home and start cooking again. God is seeing. Someone that says, mm, after now is dinner, after now is lunch at somewhere, somewhere. God sees. And someone just thinking, ah, I'm heartbroken. God, when is my. He sees your And I don't know why he said there's a rewriting of your story. But it came up to me that David was his seventh child. That even though he was not in the house, listen, he was not in the house. There is something grace and favor does. He was not at home. And don't think that sometimes it has to be that you must be there at that time. I say if it is something that God has ordained for you, they will seek for you. They will look for you. They will wait for you. They will call for you. They will remember you. I say when it is your time as God has chosen you. See in this kingdom, it is a kingdom of God choosing. It is a kingdom of God's decision. It is not based on people's expectation. It is not based on how people perceive you. It is not based on the story people are passing around about you that you are so worried about. They said, they said, it does not concern God about they said, they said. What concerns God is that I have spoken and it will come to pass that go ahead and look for David for me because I have not chosen any other one. Remember Samuel was a prophet for those that put their trust in a prophet. Remember he was about to make error but thank God he was a man of God that hears from God. He was about to anoint him and then God said he is not the one you should still wait. He went to the second child. God said he is not the one. 
He went to the third. God said, He is not the one. He went to the fourth. God said, He is not the one. Come on. He went to the fifth. God was not tired. He said, He is not the one. He went to the sister. He was not tired. He went to the one. And he did say, Why is David not here? He said, No, he is not the one. And someone was wondering, When he is not the one, these are all his children. What shall we do? And he said to the man, He said, Jesse, do you have yet another child? He said, Yes, he is the youngest. He is on the field tending. He said, We will wait till he come. Go ahead and fetch him. Go ahead and fetch him. When you know the God you serve, they will fetch you. When you know the God you serve, when you are working, you will be remembered. He is a kingdom. He is a king of a kingdom of remembrance. They remember. He remembers. Come and put your hand on your head and say, Today I am remembered in the mighty name of Jesus. Today I am remembered. I am favored. Rabba Shakataya Rabosha. He sees. He said, He is a God that is in the secret. And you will go to Him in secret. <coughs> you will go to him in secret and then when you speak to your father in the secret place like Jesus Christ said he said you will go out and he will reward you openly come on you don't even have to show everyone you are praying or what you are praying about because whatever it is you are praying about the world will see that is why you are the light of the world Hey, your time is coming. It will not pass you by. It will not. It will not. It will not. It will not. They that made mention of the name of the Lord is that they shall be remembered. Uh-uh. you don't give up on it I said this was to the seventh it was to the seventh child not the third you know sometimes when you are warning your child you say I've told you this is three times it's not with God he's a God of many chances do you think you have lost your chances do you think you have lost your chances? There is a renewal. There is a rewriting of your story. There is a rewriting of your story. It is only the world that will see opportunity once lost cannot be regained. With my God, hey, every opportunity lost will come several times. They will come in folds. Are you praying? God rewrite my story. Ah, oh yeah. Mashaka de ende legedosi. Lereke boshanda laba shaka tayaraba. Maybe you don't like the way you have been addressed. Maybe you want your name to change. You want your address to change. Malaka boshanda. And then you remember the opportunities that seem that you have lost. Ah, mashaka dese tema limbra handa lagadosa. Hey, Lord, rewrite my story. Oluaha. Mashaka dosa tayarabosha. You are the God of destiny. 
As you sent me today, as you have sent me today, everyone here, there's a rewriting of your story. <laughs> Regardless of your position, maybe even in your family, Regardless. Malika bali ketos lengedos tataya rabosha. As you have sent me, O God, there's a rewriting of your story. There is a newness and refreshness. Maleka bo kata malimbroka bashke ende leketos lerindo bali gaba jigeri endosia. Rebashka and Legedos, Rabashke and Legedos. We are going right into families. Maybe your lineage, Malika Bashka and the Legedos. See, normally in culture, there's an expectation for a first child, Maleke Bosha and the Legedos. And someone looked on Eliab, he was just surely this is the one. Maleke Boka Atta, Malim Rokabashka and the Legedos, Hambashka and the Legedos. Maybe there, there is just something that looks that you can define as being unfortunate, that you have seen as a ripple effect or something that just keeps happening. Maleke boka handelegedosa, majeke handelegede, sete malimbro handelegede. Because you have been brought, you have been bought from the kingdom of darkness into that of His marvelous light. Maleke bosha, whatever operates in darkness ceases to operate in light. I hope you know. And so nothing of such operates with you anymore in the mighty name of Jesus. Is it delay? They say that's how, that's how it happened to you. No, it will not happen to you because you are a chosen one. I say because you have the blood of Christ on you, there is a passing over in the mighty name of Jesus. I said there is a passing over in the mighty name of Jesus. For you that you are going through battles in your dreams. The God said to tell you that he is the God of battles, the host of heaven. He is the host of the army of heaven. And he said, 
it is his battle that wait and let me fight these battles for you Marapashka and the legedosa he said trust me enough and the leg he said to tell you you can't fight this battle in bitterness Marapashataya because with bitterness you will lose Malekedoso Tomajimpre and the legedosa he said we are going to fight with love and we will win in the mighty name of Jesus it's coming repeatedly for you but today we put a stop I said the one the next dream you are having it's a, it's a dream of victory in the name of Jesus I say it is a dream of victory in the mighty name of Jesus Yes, 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 Lord. By reason of the anointing, every yoke is broken. Your face will be light. I hear favor. Your face will be light. Your name will be light. What God asks for you is for you. No man will take it. In the mighty name of Jesus. It's a newness. It's a rewriting of your story. And you arrive at God's ordained destiny for your life. In the name of Jesus. You will arrive at God's ordained destiny for your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He said, Obaton Shon Tenikol Oru koresi ni into obaton shonte ni kolishi oru koresi ni into obaton shonte ni kolishi oru koresi ni into obaton Show, tell me, call the shit. 